0: My name's Julia, and welcome to the Saints Church Podcast. Today, we will be listening to another message from our series, Family Vibes. So wherever you're listening from, sit back, relax, maybe grab a cup of coffee, a pancake or two, some eggs, bacon, whatever floats your boat, and get ready. Here's Pastor DeAndre. Come on, Church Online, you made it. You are here. Grab a chicken and waffles. Uh, That's what I'm trying to buy. I haven't got a uh, waffle maker yet, but that is something I want to buy. So if you are here, tuned in with us, happy that you're here. If it's your first time, remember please remember to text hello to 587-400-2010. That's how you can get connected, that's how you can get plugged in uh, if you're new here, or if you wanna join a small group or anything like that, that is how you do it. Text hello to 587-400-2010. But today I'm super excited to be speaking into the family vibes, uh, the, the culture of our church, And online, church, I believe that this message is for us. This message is for us today. Um, It's titled, Take Up Your Ephod, if you're taking notes. Uh, I will explain what an ephod is in just a minute. Um, But what I really need you to know, I want you to bold this or whatever, or underline it. Okay, this is it. This is why I want you, this is a big takeaway. The presence of the Lord gives you peace. And your presence gives others peace. Okay, the spirit of the Lord gives you peace, right? And your presence gives others peace. So with this Family Vibes, Brett asked me uh, to speak on it. And he said, he wants us to talk about the culture. The culture of our church and what the culture of our church should be and ought to be. And I think... That is it right there. That we are a refuge. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that we are a refuge. Uh, that we are a, a fortress. That we are a place where, where people can come and find peace. But yet also, our community is where we can give. We build our our, our each other up and find peace ourselves. That's what Paul says. That the church is to build. The purpose of the church is to build one another, build up one another. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. We're going to go into Psalms chapter 23. I think it's very fitting um, because I'm 23 years old and I love Michael Jordan. Um, We'll also go into 1 Samuel chapter 30. So if you want to get a bookmark, I do have a bookmark for uh, Psalms 23 and... 1 Samuel chapter 30 will be there. Uh, Let's just dive into the text right now. Verse 1, we're going to break down text by text, line by line, verse by verse, and get into uh, the meaning and all that stuff. I believe that I'm not just here to tell you the revelation, but actually we we walk through the revelations together. And if you have something that I used to think I missed, please text to 587-400. 2-0-1-0. 2010. Zero, zero. Let's get into the verse. Verse 1, Psalms 23 says this the Lord is my shepherd. Let's stop right there. <laughs> Let's stop right there. The Lord is my shepherd. See already I love this because David is is attacking a myth in verse one. Right off the bat. This this not even a sentence yet. Half of a sentence, he's already attacking this myth that, that some Christians say that, that Jesus is an add-on, is an addition to your life. But I'm here to tell you that you, you when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, first of all, that, that word Lord, when you accept Jesus as your Lord, that means he's the Lord over your life. Meaning that when you accept Jesus in your heart, you give up your life, your life is now not your own, but it is now his. It is his life. That now your life is now following this good shepherd. The Bible talks about how God is a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. You are now following Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, before Jesus, before you accepted Christ, right, our lives were so narrow-minded, right? It was all about me. Selfish, all about me. Everything's about me. You ever watched um, Finding Nemo? (laughs) Finding Nemo is, when I think of that, I think of, you know, the pelicans, you know the pelicans, you don't know talk about mine, 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 mine. That was your life, right? It was all about you. Mine, 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 mine. That was you. All of you. The pelicans fighting. But now that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now that you know the good news, the gospel in this book, now that you know all that, you now have the keys to something greater. I was telling the youth a few weeks ago that that it's like the blinders come off and now you see before you were so narrow-minded now you see in full how do you do that how do I see in full how do I see the true picture you follow the good shepherd the Lord is my shepherd you follow him let's go down to the other line I lack nothing see I think those two things so Understanding that, now, that you, now you follow Jesus. What's the, Lord, what's the Lord's will for my life? Everyone asks me this. Everyone asks people, everyone is wondering, what, the, what, what is the will of the Lord for my life? It's in this book. You read it. The will of the Lord is for you to follow him and imitate him. But I believe this second line is also super crucial, super important, and I'd say that those two factors that I'm just talking about right now, one that I'm about to introduce, is the determining, determining factor to see if you will last in Christianity. Will you last the test of time? And that is this, understanding that you lack nothing, that Jesus is all you need. So understanding that your life is no longer your own, that you follow Jesus, and that you actually lack nothing because all you need is Jesus. I was telling the youth this a few weeks ago that you need Jesus more than you need food or water. You need, he is, you need him more than you need anything else in your life. Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the, he is the light of the world. He is the bread of life. He is all that you need. And if you understand these two things, a matter of fact, you don't even need to understand. You don't even need to comprehend these things. All you have to do is believe, have faith in that, have faith in these two things, that God, you are who you say you are, you are the good shepherd, so I am going to follow you regardless of my situation, regardless of my circumstance, regardless of what I see, I'm going to follow you. Regardless, wherever you lead, even if I don't want it, even if I don't think that it should be, or even if I don't blah, 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 blah. I am going to choose to follow you and have faith in that, but I'm also going to understand that I lack nothing, even if I don't see it, even if I, even if I feel distracted, even if whatever, that I actually lack nothing because I have you, Jesus. Somebody put in the chat right now that you lack nothing. I lack nothing. Another translation say, I shall not want. I like it. I like it. I shall not want because all I have is Jesus. I shall not want because all I have, I have everything I need. I have everything I need in him. Once you believe that, think you'll be okay. Let's go to verse 2. Remember, we're waking our way down. We're making our way down. I love verse 2 and 3. We're going to read it pretty quickly. Uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me to still waters. He refreshes my soul. He refreshes my Soul, I love this because it alludes to the fact that you find this peace when you're in his presence. When you are with him, again, note that it says, he leads me. He leads me into still waters. So he leads, when you follow Jesus, this is why, this is why you give your life to Jesus. Because you have access to this unbelievable, uncomprehendable peace. So there's an idea here that he provides peace. And it says here in verse 3 that he refreshes my soul. He refreshes my soul. The same psalmist writes in uh, Psalms 18, says this. The Lord is my rock, my fortress. My deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge and shield in. He is my stronghold. I love that. It's the idea that in his presence, in relationship with him, when you allow him to lead your life, he is your fortress and your refuge. He is where you take refuge in, your place of peace. He's the way maker, chain breaker. In him you have everything you need. We keep reading. Verse 3. He guides me along the right path, and I want you to underline there, or if you already highlighted it, I want you to highlight the word or or circle that word right. Now, what that word actually means is aka. Sorry. Saka. And so it comes from the word where we get righteous from. We get the word righteous and just from. Word Meaning that he puts us on a path. He guides us. What does it say? What does it say? He guides us along the right path for our lives. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it is the most comfortable. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the one that we want to. It doesn't mean that it's the right one for us, but it says it's the just It's the right path for us to make. Other translations say it's the accurate, accurate path. It's the most accurate. It's the one you need to take. I find it funny. Why does he guide us on this path? Why does he do this for us? It says in verse 3, for his name is. Sake Again, we need to understand that we aren't the main characters of our lives, Jesus is. That now that we accept Jesus and we have this peace, beyond all understanding, that our lives are now not our own. It's for the glorification of Jesus Christ. It's for the glorification of God that we do it for his name's sake. Why, do we, why does he lead us to the right path, the path that I might not want to take? He leads us because it's for his glory, it's for his name's sake. Now, verse 4, where it gets a little scary. Because it says, even though I walk through the valley, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, comfort me. It says that you, in verse 5, that he, sorry, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So he leads me, even though I, so I walk through the valley, darkest valley. And he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. But in verse 2 and 3, it says that he gives me peace. How is that? How is that? How is that the case? I believe that, again, God leads us in these scenarios. I'm not saying that he creates them. I don't think he creates evil. But he uses the evil for his glory, for his namesake. And what I'm proposing right now is that whatever it is you are going through that is a valley, a dark valley, or it's the table, that it's actually necessary for you, that it needs to happen. I'm not saying that you have to stay there, but I'm saying that this needs to happen for the sake of others. Now, I can say this confidently that your trial or that your hardship or whatever it is that you're going through is essential to go deeper in your faith. I can say this because I have literally been walking through it, still am walking through it, and that is the conclusion that I've got. That because you are a leader, when you're a Christian, you're a leader. You're, not, you're called to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. You do not tell the temperature you create. You adjust and shift the temperature. When you walk into the room, Jesus said that you are a light of the world. You're a lamp on the side of a hill. So you are a leader in some capacity. Maybe you're not on a stage, but you are a leader in your home. You're a leader at the workplace. You are called to be a game changer, to shift something. And I tell the youth this all the time, that we can't lead people where we've never been. That's the motto. You can't lead someone where you've never been. So it's essential for you to walk through something, to get deep, get your roots deep into the soil of God. It's essential for you to go through this hardship, in this trial, in this circumstance, in this war, So you, can grow, so you can grow deeper in relationship with him. And therefore, so you can lead others to that same spot. Uh, I want to paint a picture. Um, so we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. One of my favorite stories of David, who also wrote that psalm that we were uh, just reading and so here david was now king had his former mentor saul try and kill him and so he actually he left his hometown and now he's living in a foreign country with a bunch of guys And he's at war with a a, a group called the Amalekites. Now, the Amalekites are very interesting. I would say that they are a lot like the enemy today, where they, before they attack you physically, they'll attack you mentally. If you want to read uh, a little side note, I would say that this chapter really helps you um, battle the war of your mind. So here the Amalekites are. What they do is they they like to attack you mentally before they attack you physically. And so what they did here is that they captured all the men, the Israelites' men and children, and they took them captive, and then they burnt down their camp. They burnt down the camp. So now we read here, In chapter 30, David and his men reached Killal on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the city. They attacked it and burned it down and captured all the women and children and everyone else in it, both young and old. They did not kill them. However, they took them off and went on their way. So when David and their men reached it and found that... That it was destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. They wept. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. I remember a few months ago, I was in a similar state. where it felt like everything around me was burning. It felt like, I didn't even feel comfortable in my own home. The hardship, my circumstance, my situation was so deep it affected me. I don't know if you've been there where you don't even have the strength left to weep. You don't even have the strength left to pray. You don't have the strength left to Whatever. David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives have been captured. David was in great distress because the men were talking of stoning him, each one bitter in the spirit because his sons and daughters were taken. So not only... Does he have his former friend and mentor trying to kill him? And he's in a foreign land. Not his home. But also his temporary home is burnt down to the ground. All of his possessions are probably gone and his two wives have been captured and all and and with all that also his men his friends want to kill him verse 6 it says but david found strength in the lord his god david found strength in the lord his God. Then said to the priest, Bring me the ephod. So the priest brought it to him. Then he inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this reigning party? Will I overcome? Pursue them, the Lord said, and you will surely overcome and have success in this reigning party. I want to stop there and talk about the ephod. Now, what an ephod is, is it is kind of like a breastplate. It's more like a vest that priests and kings would wear to signify that they have met God. Basically what, it, what it's saying, it's letting everyone know that they, they have, they've been in the presence of God. And that's very significant because I don't think that David just found strength. He just decided to find strength. Oh, he woke up. He, he just he just had a moment magically. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna trust in Jesus today. I'm gonna I'm gonna have the strength today. I'm gonna have peace today. No 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 no. He was in the presence of God. Presence of God fell upon him. To give him the strength. And I want to say to you today that you need to be in the Lord's presence in order to find this peace. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance that you're in, he is the chain breaker. He is the way maker. He is the fortified city. He is your refuge, and he is your strength. So whatever it is that you're going through, I need you to declare these promises over your life and say, God, you are who you say you are. I'm trusting in you. I'm believing in you. And because of that, I find strength in the Lord today. Can I get an amen? Somebody put in the chat that I will find strength in the Lord today. Find strength in Him. But I love it because we always think that the peace that we get, the strength that we get, just stays with us. No, 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 no. You are that same fortified city, you are that refuge, you are that peace. To somebody else who needs it. If we keep reading, pursues this reigning party. Matter of fact, we won't keep reading. I'll just tell you what happens, and I'll wrap this up. David and his men go out, and they fight the uh, the Amalekites. They fight the Amalekites. And they have victory. Now they find their wives there in all sorts of possessions. Now, what the Amalekites did is they didn't just hit the Israelite camp, they went to all sorts of other camps and took their possessions. So what David and his men did is they went through every single other city and town and gave back what was owed and gave back their own possession. What that tells me is that God gives you this peace. He he calls you deeper to him. He leads you in this path for his glory. He leads you in that provides you peace in that, strength in that, hope in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the conflict, in the midst of whatever, so that you can help somebody else. You find peace in the presence of God, but others find peace in your presence because of what Jesus does for you. So I wanna close with this. Brett asked me to talk about culture. I think that needs to be part of our culture. Where we understand that we have the peace of God wherever we go, in any circumstance that we're in. And that we provide this peace, we provide this strength and this refuge for everybody else. My message today is titled Take Up Your Ephod. But I propose that you are an ephod to others. That you both obtain this ephod, the presence of God, in your life. But you also are an ephod for somebody else. every Sunday and would love to see your beautiful faces in person. Also, if you'd like to hear more on how to follow Jesus one step at a time, we have a whole collection of sermons right here on this podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week. See you next time.